We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. It is the Sunday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster. That gentleman you see over there, what is that, an Abilene Christian hat? No, it's some old baseball hat, but I like the hat. I don't even know who it is, but I kind of like the hat. So I got the hat down in Charleston when I was there. Did you have to mix it up because uh, the, uh, the Alabama hat lost all its luck? Well, it didn't lose all its luck until late last night when Gonzaga, uh, you know, Umar Balo screwed us up with that dunk, man. Come on, what are you doing? Like, I've never um, disliked a kid that I didn't know as much as I did <laughs> last night. That was unbelievable. Right? I couldn't believe I, – I mean, look, here – so I guess we could talk about – we could fold this into the Gonzaga conversation. Um, they were They were not good last night. They did not play anywhere near their best game. Uh, Jalen Suggs had a three-minute stretch where he looked completely unstoppable at the start of the second half. And beyond that, like, he was just bad yesterday. Yes. Um, you know, they couldn't really find a way to get Drew Timmy involved. Corey Kispert was fine. Uh, didn't play his best, didn't play his worst, knocked down a couple shots. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, like, they really could not assert control over the game. They couldn't get out in transition. Jalen Suggs was, was not very good. And they still won by 14. And they would have covered if it was not for some random freshman coming off of the bench and hitting a three. That kid, by the way, has scored eight points all season. He With no time left minutes. in the shot clock, wasn't that? Like basically yeah. wasn't that, basically, no time left in the shot clock. He buries it. Then Gonzaga had one other opportunity, right? They drove down. I forget what happened. But they had, they had one more chance. And then obviously yeah. the dunk was like, I mean, honestly, you or I could have laid that ball in. Yeah, it was a wide open, just catching an alley oop and dunking it, and Umar Balo missed it. <sighs> it is what it is. Um, do, are you concerned about Gonzaga at all? Because my biggest thing was like this is, this is what we refer to when we say that they can pick up bad bad habits by playing teams that are overmatched in the WCC. It's the second straight game where they've come out and they've looked sluggish. Uh, I don't want to say they look they've looked bored, but they looked like they just knew that they could turn it on and win the game and and. You know, you can't do that once you get to the NCAA tournament. You can do it now in WCC play, and you're going to be fine. You're going to win every game by 14 or 15 points. You know, they beat Pepperdine by 22 and played horrible in the first half the other day. Did you like my – well, here's my idea to keep Gonzaga fresh, and and, and you heard it last night, right? Like, there, there's two options here. There's two options. Well, you're, not, you're not thinking it through enough because what – because Oklahoma State's currently on a pause. They're going to be back. As long as they test okay on Monday – they will play next Saturday's game against Baylor. So I've already thought that one through. Trust me, that that's the best scenario. The best scenario 
is Oklahoma State gets like a, a false positive on Monday, right? And that game's scrapped. And then um, then Baylor's got the, the hole there. And Gonzaga, uh, they would have to – the problem is uh, they would have to get the league to okay them not to play Pacific at home. And Damon Stoudemire would go bananas if they pulled that shit. Now, yeah. again, as I said yesterday, uh, Gonzaga does run the league. So uh, Mark Few can probably do whatever the hell he wants there and just threaten them, you know, leaving the league and going to some other league uh, in the future. I, I just think, listen, there might be a, a, a chance here. Like Jamie Dixon holds the key to this whole thing. He holds the key to the, my whole idea. Uh, they play TCU, Baylor does in, in two Saturdays. Gonzaga's got an open spot. It makes sense. Jamie Dixon, take one for college basketball because nobody wants to see Baylor against TCU. Nobody gives a shit. But you know what people give a shit about? Gonzaga-Baylor. I think it's more likely that you will go on a live stream with Robbie Hummel and use the correct graphics than it is that we will see Baylor ever play (laughs) Gonzaga um, outside of the NCAA tournament this season. I like the creativity, though. You're, you're thinking outside the box, and that's what we need this season. Um, <laughs> totally. Listen, I'm going to get this shit happening. I'm going to find a way. Remember, it's got to be in a Saturday. That's that's the issue here. It's got to be in a Saturday because of CBS is what I'm told. So, all right, moving on. Virginia, they won by 35 against Clemson. They won they by a few. Up, they put up 85 points on the team that was ranked number one in defensive efficiency on Kempom. Uh, they have made 27 of their last 51 threes over the course of the last two games. They're 5-0 and in ACC play. They have not lost since they got run out of the gym by Gonzaga on the day after Christmas. Where do you stand on Virginia? How good is UVA? Are they the best team in the ACC? Like, Talk me through all of this because it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, I think they're they're going to be the best team in the ACC, in, in a mediocre ACC. We've already talked about this. They caught Clemson at the right time, you know, coming off a pause. Would it have mattered? Probably not. Virginia's getting better. We've seen that. You know, for Virginia fans that are crying about me not ranking them, you hadn't beaten anybody. You lost to USF. You got blown out by Gonzaga. And you hadn't beaten anybody. So, you really, there was no merit in, in you being – ranked in the top 25. Now there is. Now you beat a, a top 25 team in Clemson. Um, you know, to me, again, listen, I've always said, I mean, just look at the numbers and what Tony Bennett has done in the ACC over the last six, seven years, dominating Kay and Roy. So if you're betting on anybody, you are absolutely betting on Virginia and, and you're betting on Tony Bennett ultimately because this team, they're good. And again, like they're getting better. That's the thing. It's hard to judge, you know, coming out of the gate in Bubbleville when they lost to, to you know, San Francisco. Uh, it's hard to judge when you get blown out by a Gonzaga team that most of us feel like is, is heads and shoulders above uh, everybody else not named Baylor right now. So I, I think Virginia's going to have its really good days, uh, and they're going to have some days where they're not making shots, and, and specifically Hauser and Huff aren't making shots, and then they can't score the ball, and their defense isn't isn't as good as it's been in the past. So I, I've gone back and forth on this. Um, on the one hand, 
we always know that Virginia teams are going to improve and going to continue getting better and going to develop. And um, like we know Kihei Clark's a winner. We know what Jay Huff is. We know what Sam Hauser is. I think the development of guys like Trey Murphy into a consistent knockdown shooter, uh, Reese Beekman into a guy that that is basically become a, a, a like a must-start player on that Virginia roster. Yeah. Uh, Tomas Holden Tensei being able to knock down shots. Like the development of those guys into – key and impactful role players has I think has played a huge role in it as well but that said like look at who they've beaten man like their best win prior to the start of ACC play was an overtime win at home against Kent State who is outside the top 100 on Ken Palm that's the only team that they had played prior to the start of ACC play that ranked in the top 235 on Ken Palm the wins that they have before beating Clemson Notre Dame Wake Forest Boston College Notre Dame again they get Clemson after Clemson had a 10-day layoff and then uh, had like three days of practices before they had to play again. Now, that shouldn't take away from the fact that they put up 85 points and 58 possessions. That's 1.47 points per possession. Jeffrey, uh, when Gonzaga put up 98 on Virginia, yeah. they averaged 1.42 points per possession. So what Virginia did against Clemson was a more impressive uh, offensive performance than what Gonzaga did to Virginia. I think that that should be taken into context. Um but we also have to remember that, like, they did the same thing last year, too, where they were just okay, um, objectively mediocre in non-conference play. They get to the ACC, which was not very good, and they went 15-5. and I think they won their last nine games, and they finished second in the conference, one game out of first place. This year, the, the ACC is even more down than it was last season. So um, I really do think that Virginia is probably going to end up winning the conference just because well, look at the end of the day. Well, look at their schedule, too, coming up, Rob. It's not. I mean, the Penn State at home, Georgia Tech at home, Syracuse at home. Then you go at Virginia Tech, at NC State, Louisville at home, at Georgia Tech. Like, like it's just like you said, the league is so mediocre. This is the most mediocre to me the ACC has ever been, ever mm-hmm. been. Um, again, because you look at Virginia and you're like, they don't look like a final. Like, what team in the ACC looks like a Final Four contender? Well, I, I remember I was talking with a guy from um, a, a staff in, in, in a coach in the ACC the other day, and he was basically like, Virginia is – they're good. They're well-coached. You know they're not going to make mistakes. You know they're not going to beat themselves. They're making shots. They're dangerous. But, like, this is not the 2019 team. No. Like, that 2019 team had a, the number four pick in DeAndre Hunter. They had another first-round pick in Ty Jerome, and they had another guy that's playing in the NBA and was maybe the best shooter in college basketball that, that season in Kyle Guy. This year's team players and the other two players were pretty good on that starting five as well. Yeah, like and the other two guys or the the this team now is like Kihei Clark and 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 look he's good. Do any of those players, anybody on this team, anybody on this team start over anybody on that team? Uh, well, I mean Kihei Clark started on both. I, I get teams, it, but, but I mean, other than that, the other four guys. No. Hauser, no, Murphy, it's not even Beekman. No, none of them. And it's 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 not even it's not even close. Like the talent disparity is just it's not even a conversation. Like you, you can't even put them in the same realm. And but they're probably going to end up winning the ACC because the ACC is down and they're the best team in the conference. So like how you judge them nationally is really difficult to do uh, because I think it's also important to note that like the loss to Virginia 
came when they were experimenting with this new offense that was just a horrible idea for Tony Bennett to try to install. Um, the loss to Gonzaga, the, the, yes, they played a game four days before, but they had also been on like a two-week-long COVID pause before that. So yes. it's understandable that maybe they weren't exactly what they needed to be. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just think that they are like, they're very, very average in terms of what we expect a Virginia basketball team to be. And that's probably going to end up being good enough for them to win the ACC and get like a, a f- top four seed in yeah. the NCAA tournament and lose in the second round. Like that's, that's kind of what I see them be. So they're good. They're probably better than – they're not as good as we thought they were coming into the season. They're not as bad as we thought they were after the first week of the season. Correct. Correct. I think that's probably the best way to phrase it. Yes, they 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 fit nicely in the uh, somewhere in that like three to five range in the Big Ten. I don't even know if they would be that good. I don't think that they're. I think that they would not. I don't think they'd be a top four team in the Big Ten. May, you may be right. I mean, they're, they're somewhere in uh, all right three to six. Like they're in that mix. Is all are they? Are they? Are they beating Iowa? I don't think they can. They can. No, I don't Iowa. think they're beating Iowa. I don't think they're beating Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin, maybe. maybe. I don't think. They, I don't think. I don't think they beat Wisconsin unless somehow like there's some superpower that uh, that Tony Bennett can take from being from the state, and and you know maybe it's just like the Sam Hauser curse. Wisconsin can't get him when he leaves high school. They can't get him when he transfers. Ohio maybe that. You know they're in that they're in that realm with like an Ohio State. I'm not not saying they're better. I'm just saying they're 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 right there with like an Ohio State, which is probably the fifth best team right now in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's something like that. Yep. Yeah, um, but like, still, when you look at it, all right. If you're gonna look at the roster, let's take Minnesota for example. Right, four four in the Big Ten, probably not a top five team in the conference. Right. Uh, if you are drafting those players to start a college basketball yeah. team, and you can take the rosters of Virginia, and you can take the rosters of Minnesota, are you taking anyone on Virginia over Marcus Carr or Liam Robbins? You know who I'm drafting first? Tony <laughs> Bennett. Okay, that's but that's nothing first. That's okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm going to take the best. I'm going to take the best coach in college I, basketball. I get it. That's what I'm saying is, you can say what you want about the talent level. He makes such a difference. He is such an elite coach that, to me, again, he's gonna he's gonna get him to a point where where they shouldn't be talent wise right now. And they're young. They got some good young players as well. That are that are coming along. All right, let's get to tonight's slate. I just want to real quick, um, people that uh, that that are listening right now. Uh, Jeff and Robbie Humble discussed the um, uh, the Michigan game and the Illinois game and the Baylor, Baylor game on a live stream yesterday. So you could find that on the Field of Sixty Eight YouTube channel. Uh, you could find that in their podcast feeds. You could find that on the Field of Sixty Eight Twitter channel. Like, there's any avenue that we have to put out content. You can find a conversation about Baylor and Michigan on. Uh, those um, those channels. All right, so let's talk about today's game. We have Iowa at Northwestern. That's probably the best game of the day. Iowa's laying in nine and a half. That total right now is 159.5. Jeff, how do you feel about it? I don't have a strong opinion on this one. I, I would lean towards going with Iowa, uh, but I don't, I don't love it either way. I mean, Northwestern played well at home there for a stretch. Now they're, uh, I, I think their confidence is shaken right now. And Iowa's playing the best basketball that it has all season long. They're clicking on all cylinders. Jordan Bohannon's back. Um, I think Patrick McCaffrey's played well. Um, they, they just, they've got some bench guys now. Like, I just, yeah, I think Iowa to me, 
if anything, I'd take Iowa and lay the, the nine, nine and a half. So I think I like the under here. Um, part of the reason why this number is as high as it is for the total is because, uh, you know, Iowa's Iowa and they put up a whole bunch of points. Um, yeah. But it's also because Northwestern has tried to run. Um, you know, they're, they're second national or they're second in the, uh, in the Big Ten in average, in like the shortest offensive possession length. Uh, but I think it's important to note that the last time that they played Iowa, uh, Northwestern did not really um, – they did not try to run. Right. They wanted to slow down the tempo. They wanted to slow down the pace. They took a lot of time off the shot clock. And that game did not go over uh, until the three with like 32 seconds left in the game. Um, that put them, put them over the top. I think Jordan Bohannon hit a couple threes down the stretch that, uh, that saved us on that total, if I remember correctly. Um, and each of their last five, six, seven – each of the last seven games, they have not had more than 71 possessions in any game. Um, so I think they're going to try to take the air out of the ball. I think they're going to have more success doing it at home. Uh, so I like the under in this spot more than either side in the game. I think that's my favorite bet of the day. Uh, my favorite bet of the day might be the next game on the slate, uh, Big Ten game also, Penn State at Purdue. And um, I just don't think Penn State's any good. I know they beat Virginia Tech. But I think that was kind of a one-off. They're three and four. Uh, I think they've lost three straight. Purdue's got some momentum right now, right? I mean, they beat Michigan State, beat Indiana, both on the road. I mean, two good road wins. You know, to me, I think Purdue's coming. And I think Matt Painter is such a good coach uh, that I'm I'm not going against Purdue here. I'll lay the five, and I like the Boilermakers in this one. And isn't Penn State coming off a pretty long layoff? Like, where were they? Yeah, they, they, had a, they did. They had a pause. It wasn't like a full pause, um, but it was the last time they have played a game. Last time they played was December 30th. They haven't played in 2021. Right, right. That's it's been 18 days since they played a game. Um, yeah. yeah, I like Purdue a lot in this one. I like Purdue. You like Purdue? Yeah, I like Purdue. Uh, what else you like? Nothing really. It's kind of a weird slate of games. Like There isn't really a lot of high major stuff going on. Um, I do – uh, Western Kentucky is at Marshall. Yeah, really um, like I, I, I kind of like Western Kentucky. Um, I kind of like the money line for the same There was it's three now, and the money line is one thirty. So I, I kind of like Western Kentucky in that spot. I know it's on the road. Right. Um, I would probably take the money line just because you get a little bit of extra added, added value, and it doesn't seem all that likely that you know you, you'd end up playing a close game. So I do like uh, Western Kentucky in that spot. Um, and the only other one that I was looking at was. Uh, Memphis laying a point and a half at Tulsa. Um, Memphis didn't open, has, didn't that open at like Tulsa given three? Yeah, it was something like that. And, um, but the reason I like Memphis is that they, they haven't played in a while, but it's not because they, they never had to pause. They just Everybody kept running, yeah, right. they kept running into teams. Yeah. And so like, you know, you know what Penny really needed with this group? He really needed like two weeks to sit down and try to figure out what the fuck they're doing offensively. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got it. Uh, you're right. You're right. Um, I like Virginia Tech, Rob. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I, I think Wake stinks. Absolutely stinks. Um, they've come back here, uh, played a couple games, played actually fairly well for them, but I don't think they're any good. Where Virginia Tech, man, like for the most part, they played well other than that Penn State game. You know, look at who they beat. And they beat Villanova, neutral court early. They just beat Duke at home. They beat Clemson at home. Like, like Virginia Tech's pretty good. 
So I, I like Virginia Tech at Wake there. And then I got a few of the, the mid-major specials. You want All me right. Me? Yeah, let's roll through. What yeah, do you we'll got? <laughs> yeah, I love a good mid-major special from Jeff well, Goodman. The two, the two that didn't come through yesterday, they kind of fit into two boxes now. So Navy um, didn't cover yesterday. They won by one over American. Uh, American's first game of the season. They're playing back-to-back days. Navy's given five. I like the midshipmen there. Uh, I like uh, the same philosophy, exact same philosophy with Lafayette over Loyola. Uh, Lafayette did not cover. They won by two. They're getting one today at Loyola. I will take uh, the, I think it's the Leopards. Is it the Lafayette Leopards? I feel like it's the Leopards. If it's not the Leopards, somebody let me know. Um, I really like UMBC. They lost to Hartford yesterday. They get them again at home, given five. Uh, I like Ryan Odom's team there. Uh, Idaho State at Sac State. Uh, I like Idaho State. Uh, given a point and a half, Sac State has had major pauses. They're coming off a pause uh, just now. Then uh, two more that are, have nothing to do with, with pauses or, or back-to-backs. Well, actually, Fresno, Nevada is the opposite. I just think Fresno stinks. So I'm taking Nevada and giving six and a half there. And the last one is Dayton. I think GW stinks. I don't think Dayton's very good, but I think when they're going to get an opponent that they can try to run it up on, they're gonna they're gonna take out their frustrations on GW. Dayton is giving seven and a half uh, against GW. So uh, there you have it, bunch of lows and mids to go with uh, Purdue, Western Kentucky, Virginia Tech for me, uh, and uh, check bet spurts. I'll, I'll put them. I've I've already actually put them all in there. So if if you're confused. At some of my uh, blabbering, <laughs> check that for us. I'm confused at all of your blabbering at all times, I'm Jeffrey. Sure you are. I'm um, sure you all are. right, so I have I have uh, Purdue minus five. I have the Iowa Northwestern under 159 and a half. I have Memphis Lane a point and a half. I have the Western Kentucky money line, and I have Virginia Tech and the Fighting Mike Youngs Lane seven at Wake Forest. Jeffrey, that's all I got, man. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.